Welcome to the Gang of Four, the Irreverent Political Podcast. My name is Neil Caldwell. I have with me Stephen. Hello, Neil. James. Hello. And Kenny. Hello. A lot has happened since last we spoke, listeners. President Erdogan has <laughs> had a referendum in Turkey to increase his executive power. North Korea has launched some missile tests and failed. And Theresa May has done a pure volt fast after saying now is not the time for Scottish independence referendum, after saying she would not call a UK general election, the two-faced bitch has decided to call a UK <laughs> general election. That was two weeks ago when we intended not, to first to editorialise. Um, but this happened two weeks ago. It did. Um, since then, we've had endless repetitions that uh, we need a strong and stable government from the new automaton that has replaced the Prime Minister, and uh, we have had no manifestos to speak of. So, how do we interpret the last few weeks, James? That was a that was a. You, you clearly have strong views on this. <laughs> Did you not want the election? I never thought I was being a neutral host. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are my thoughts? I, I can see it makes sense. You've got to say it makes sense for From, for her, for the Tories, for the Scottish Tories, for anyone of a Tory persuasion. And why does it, why does it make sense for the Tory Party? Well, as you know, we're going to ha- most likely have a strong Tory majority so that we can have a strong and stable government <laughs> in this time of Brexit. Um, and they might get some seats in Scotland, which I know is nagging away at you. Yeah, I'm not very happy about this. Um, the prospect of the Tories or electoral calculus says that the Tories are on schedule to get 400 of the 650 seats in Parliament. Does this fill you with the same dread as it fills me, Stephen? Um, uh, yes, but it, it does seem inevitable. I mean, it's you know we're going through an election cycle with like basically absolutely no chance so anybody's ever going to vote to have Jeremy Corbyn as prime minister. So it does seem like that's going to be the likely outcome. Um, I guess you know that we've had discussions about whether <clears throat> the strong majority that she looks like she's going to secure is actually for the reasons that she's giving, which is that it <clears throat> excuse me increases her hand. And, Brexit negotiations stuff. I do think there is some truth to that, and I do think it, it, it's much easier when she goes into a Brexit negotiation to say that she has, you know, she's an elected prime minister, which where she wasn't, where she currently isn't. Um, she will have a strong majority in order to, you know, basically tell Europe, um, you know, I have the will, the will of the people, whoever it may be. <clears throat> do we think that's the reason she called the election? Of course not. It's a totally opportunistic, um, capitalising on. You know the weakness of labour. Labour is desperate to fucking eat itself alive. It's it's a bit of a slap in the face to the SNP, and um, it's quite um, opportunistic and you know perfectly, basically quite real politic. Weak, weak and unprincipled, you might say, rather than strong and stable. Well, I don't know about weak. Perhaps unprincipled. I mean, I think it is weak. <clears throat> Just because it's the most opportunistic time for you. Doesn't mean it's the best time for the country. Well, given we had a oh, hold term, on, hold <laughs> on. That is just SNP position on Scottish independence, right there. I never said it wasn't. I know. So, so you're happy to say the SNP are weak? No. <laughs> <laughs> no explain, explain why it's not the good time for the country. I'm not saying I disagree, but I'm just explaining. Because we've had, I mean, we've had about six elections in the past three years. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of done making the trip to the church along there. Yeah. So, get a possible man. Yeah, maybe. It's yeah, it's a lot easier. Anyway, um, if we look ahead though, and if we say that there was going to be under you know a fixed term act or <coughs> elections in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, at a point when 
you know, the Brexit's <laughs> the, the ship well and truly may well be hitting the fan. That may not be the best time for voters to be going to the polls either, given that their history with voters voting under circumstances of little information to provide to them. Yeah, I do. There's a, there's a couple of things for me. So, in terms of opportunistic, absolutely opportunistic, but you know, from a conservative point of view, it makes absolute sense to have the election now because, as Stephen says, at the moment we're still in the EU, so you know, the economy hasn't quite hit the fan. You know, things are still going okay compared to what I assume or my view will be that they will be in when yeah. when the election would have been held under the fixed term act. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So it's a you know Labour is historically probably at their weakest point possibly ever. Um, so there's a huge chance that the Conservatives will have a massive majority. Will this make a difference in the Brexit negotiations? I would probably argue it's not going to make any difference in the slightest. The Brexit negotiations will be dictated by the EU27. They won't be dictated by the UK. And they're playing hardball now, aren't they? In the last few days. I do think there there will be an element of, if you have your uh, stable um, majority and a stable political landscape in your home country, it clearly does help you in negotiations. I'm not denying that it, you're it, right, the terms of any particular aspects will be dictated to I, I think I think the only the only <clears throat> the only benefit I can see from this is that Theresa May will not have to because the majority will be so big, she will not have to bend to the will of the swivel eyed That's an optimistic So there's there is a there is a view yeah, from some, so. there's a view from some banks as well that which is why the, the, the pound is strengthened as well, is that that is that will be the the end outcome will be a compromise solution yeah. because there's no need to she won't appeal be to I don't know if that will that's not necessarily what I think will happen, um, but I hope that will be the the end outcome. Well, it and, increases her hand and it means that she doesn't need to faff around with Cameron's manifesto. Yeah, and she yeah. can do her own agenda. Yeah, well, and she then is an elected prime minister, which yeah. she clearly is. <coughs> but let's be honest. I mean, if, from her from <coughs> her from the Conservative manifesto that's going to be eventually published. How much of that is actually going to be able? The parliament's going to be, or the next, the next three or four years is going to be completely dominated by this ridiculous decision to leave the European Union. <laughs> <laughs> in favour of it, Kenny? No, yeah. I haven't come round yet. Neil. No, or it'll be dominated in how we can pay for this decision to leave. Yeah. So moving triple lock, <coughs> double lock, that kind of stuff. So tax yeah. rises, VAT increases. You yeah. know what's going to. But we should mention that you're saying who's going to vote for Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah. But Diane you, Abbott, are you? <laughs> Well, with my region, it doesn't really matter. Um, well, who are you going to so vote you're for? This? Yeah. Probably Labour <laughs> State Principled. So you, so you are going to vote for yeah. Labour. So who's we, found one. we found one. So, yeah. so you asked the question, who's going to vote yeah. for Jeremy Corbyn? Coalition of Chaos, James. <laughs> that is true. But you see, Weak and erratic leadership. You see would, you, would you not want um, police officers for £30 a year? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Oh, sorry, £30 over four years. £30 over four years. If that's in the manifesto, you get my vote. Okay. Well, this is, I mean, this is, this is, this is a problem for, yeah. I mean, as much as I don't want to, I don't want the Tories to, to win a huge majority, would I be more worried waking up after the election with John McDonnell as Chancellor or yeah. I, I don't Philip why, why is that, Kenny? Why is that? Why are you so concerned about John McDonnell being Chancellor? The guys couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. Okay, okay. no, no, but <laughs> what, what has, what, he's been a, he's been a backbench 
MP for okay. his political career. He's not had any exposure to front, front bench politics. He's, neither, a, neither he's, a, he's a socialist. That's all you need to know. He's, ah, there we he's, go. He's yeah, a socialist. Yeah, it's, it's nomenclature. Thinks, <laughs> and, and the whole scheme of the Labour front bench, I have the least qualms about John McDonald. Yeah, what he's, uh, how he's presented himself, and whenever he's put up on TV, at least you is presentable. Ironically, he's one of the ones that puts on a better spin face, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean by that. He, I agree. He comes across okay on the telly, like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, he claimed on Question Time, just after he became Shadow Chancellor, that he was integral to the Irish peace process. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd lapped it up. They actually gave him a massive round of applause. This is the guy that was like a cheerleader for Sinn Féin and the IRA. I mean, step away from the you know the immediate personalities, though. How could this this Labour... I guess shadow team form a functional government when they can cannot even keep their own current PLP in line. You know, it's, it's there's no there's no strategy. There's no like they certainly have not shown that they, they could form a functional government. And actually, it's it's quite heartbreaking and tragic that like the Tories have been able to call this totally opportunistic opportunistic election with literally no fucking real true you know viable opposition in sight in in England. Um, but this was always <clears throat> this was always going to happen. I mean, I suppose if you think through the logic of what could have, so if they'd stayed, if they'd kept the fixed term parliament and had the election, even if the Brexit negotiations were going absolutely, you know, there was a complete balls up and the de- we were about to walk away with no deal, I still don't think Labour would have won the election because of no. Jeremy Corbyn. No. Whereas what may happen is, so that let's, Labour are going to get absolutely horsed, let's, it's going to be Michael Foot all over again. Then they'll have to turn. Hopefully, they'll see sense and turn to a left of centre, such Fred, as David Miliband or someone that doesn't exist at the moment. I don't know. It has, it's David Miliband exists, can he? Was someone from out with who, out the, with the current? The problem Labour was party. they tried the parliamentary Labour Party tried. Was it two thirds of them? Uh, de- to have defected a, def- uh, yeah. and it failed, which just weakens the whole shooting match. Yeah. So. They are pretty Yeah, but if Corbyn doesn't if Corbyn doesn't walk away, then surely they will try and form some kind of centre or defect to the Liberals, something like that. You can't like an optimistic view of these things might be that so on the Labour side it might be that Corbyn does step aside and actually give the platform open to a young um, you know, without baggage, new face who could actually have some progressive Reasonably centrist a politics. British Macron. Yeah, British Macron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Teakick. Um Somebody who could actually appeal to the centre and actually win, you know, a, a general election in twenty twenty three or twenty four, whoever it might be, on a progressive platform. That's an optimistic view for Labour. An optimistic view for the Tories is that Theresa May has called this election in order to get a majority, in order to basically be able to actually have the leverage to not be held hostage by the civilites. Well, I don't actually... I did say this in previous podcasts and hope this remains the case in, in the case of Theresa May, that she may then be able to kind of step back from the brink. But the more and more I read, the more and more I'm worried that she's actually... Well, and this is precisely <clears throat> the point I was going to say. So one of the reasons, the bullshit reasons why she said she was doing the... or changing her mind on this SNAP election was because of the level of opposition within Parliament to Brexit. So what she she wants to do is literally crush the opposition. (laughs) So the question I would ask you, Corbyn sceptics, is what do you fear most? Being led down the Brexit path by not so much a right-wing Tory government, but... It's like a neocon fucking US. 
friendly but, government. Anyway, go for it. In terms of the its anti-EU policies, it's, it's brutally right-wing. But I mean, there, there's some sort of conflicting pol- social policies that maybe Theresa May has, but we're being led down that path. Or a period of uncertainty where you have a stronger opposition, where you maybe Labour retain most of their seats, the Lib Dems improve, the SNP stay roughly where they are. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer? Well, uh, the I, second option. The second option. But the second option no, is an optimistic I, I, I don't think I, of... I don't think I do prefer that second option. <clears throat> okay. Because... You want the Tories to retain power and take you down the Brexit hard road. No, no, I'm not saying that. Because if, if Labour retain what they have, then Corbyn will stay in power, will stay leader. I don't think so. I don't think so. Why? But, but if... Surely. If he doesn't lose any... If he... If, They've if, already if, had a... Like a... Leadership election, yeah, if, if they keep the same number of seats, Corbyn won't resign. He'll say that's some type of moral. No, I, I don't. I, that, that's supposition. I don't think he would. If he, he, he won't well, supposition to say he'll step away as well. No, but if he gets less, if he gets less votes than Ed Miliband did, then he will stand down. I don't think so. I think if I know, he gets the same number, if he gets roughly the same number of seats, or he'll stand down in time, maybe to allow somebody that he views as from his wing. Well, well that's even worse. Here's a, here's that's even theory. worse. Yeah, here's a theory. Perpetual yeah. socialism. Yeah, here's a theory. They're not interested. So, in... Wait, hold on, no, no, no. Let's, let's let's tag Kenny on this, right? Okay. So he keeps bandying around this word socialism as if it's the worst things that <laughs> happen. Hicks. What do you fear more, Brexit or what you define as socialism? I'm still not sure what you mean by socialism, but what well, do you fear most? Brexit or socialism? Yes. <laughs> this is like Sophie, Sophie's choice for socialism. <laughs> well, I would first of all, uh, in, my, in, my, well, what I would base what, what I'm trying to get at is at the end of the day, Theresa May did campaign for Remain, right? Yes. So, no, 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 no. Uh, well, let me finish. Dude. You're macroing me. Centre, centre, centre. So conceivably, if the Tories have a large majority and we can end up with a softer Brexit, whereas the alternative would be Corbyn and his madcap team <laughs> negotiating, also whilst also, while also trying to implement, you know, higher taxes, huge, boring, ridiculous infrastructure projects that aren't going to universal basic universal income. basic income, <laughs> Venezuelan policies, which. Were, <laughs> But do you not the highest think, inflation in the fucking world. Do you not there think you that with what Trump's first 100 days is evidence that there might be some checks and balances on those madcap, high-tax, well, high-spend policies? Checks and balances on a shitty, dysfunctional government. Is that what you're supposed to Well, I'm just saying that not <laughs> well, all will come to pass. It's slightly, it's slightly different, though. In I, I know it's a different system, so but you're, I'm just you're, saying that when the civil service gets involved, or whoever gets involved, and everything gets toned down... <laughs> And he needs to actually fill a full cabinet with people who who are hopefully not dying of it. Well, she's one of the better performers in the shadow cabinet, (laughs) which is the sad thing. There's two things we've learned from Kenny's monologue there. (laughs) One, he defines socialism as the current Venezuelan government. That's the model that you deem Corbyn would initiate. No, it's what he's praised in the past. Okay, He's, He's on record as praising. This was obviously before... Everything went tits up, and they now have the highest inflation in the world. Not sure about your sources there, Kenny, but I'll believe you. Um, And the second point is, you would prefer the Tories (laughs) to get a thumping majority on the grounds that you believe that that would be a relatively soft Brexit under Theresa May. Yes, interesting. I I think that's potentially. Well, I have a third solution. Mm -hmm. Gina Miller, Mm -hmm. she of the Supreme Court um, case fame. 
has opened up a website which is for tactical voting for non-Brexiteers. <laughs> I thought this might interest you, Ken. Yes, go, can right? carry on. So this is where you forget about party and you just vote for somebody that does not want a hard Brexit. Yeah. Um, she's almost finished her uh, fundraising. So it's called bestforbritain.org. That's bestforbritain, <laughs> all one word, dot org, where you can find out the best person to vote for in your constituency, which will most likely to defeat a hard Brexiteer. So if you're anti-swivel-eyed, then have a look at bestforbritain.org. Yeah, this message was brought to you by the SNP. The SNP? Not me. Oh, she's supporting SNP MPs. Is she? Even though she's pro-union, she would rather back SNP MPs than the Brexit issue. I had uh, honestly no idea. Right. I'm, I'm like, and tell you something, this whole progressive alliance idea, right? It's always talked about and the Greens are doing something in one or two seats with the Lib Dems and so mm-hmm. on. I really, now is the time oh, yeah, no, for I a progressive well, alliance. That's what well, I'm saying. It's, 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 it's tragic. Tragic. It comes cool. back to the point, though, <clears throat> that if the progress, yeah, sorry to rebut again on this all over again, but if that Sorry, you're you're used the, the, end, the end result of your <laughs> the end result of your argument is Jeremy Corbyn yeah, yeah. as PM. And sorry, that just, but that just cannot like, happen. It just feels not necessarily. Mm. Not necessarily. And to be well, honest, who, 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 like it is, it is. That is no. I, that, I know, and I agree with the progressive alliance ideas. What I do, I think it, it's as I said, it's slightly heartbreaking that they've called this election with no fucking viable source of an opposition that doesn't result ultimately in Jeremy Corbyn. Honestly, I don't, so, which is I, not something I'm willing to vote for. I'm more concerned about making sure the Tories don't have a thumping majority than anything else. Oh, okay, yeah. I think, I think we're showing our views here. Yes, and I am showing sure our views. We're trying to think of a way. I said in, the, in this first pass post system, how we can somehow stop the democracy that we have I know. Well, we're also, working. We're also in Scotland. We're trying to, so, yeah. like, we're at, you know that, you know, the escape clause, apparently, in Scotland is that we may actually be able to go independent and have never never have to worry about this ever again. Well, I'm, pre- I'm prepared to park this issue. Right? <laughs> I'm prepared to park this issue for the interests of uh, the Tories not getting 400 seats. So I would hope, James, you'll be able to compromise and vote for the best place candidate in your constituency to defeat the most Brexiteer candidate. But, Neil, mm, no. No, you know, well, not in my like, no. So I, you do not believe in the Best for Britain campaign? Best for Britain is not the greatest <laughs> name. It's too many connotations. In your opinion, what's the difference between the Tories getting a 400, 400 seats or what they currently have? Because right now they struggle. They will struggle to get things through Parliament, which is good for democracy. That's what yeah, they actually they, want. I mean, the, way they, the way they'll struggle, the that, that means that the, at the moment the hard Brexiteers... That real, the real, you yeah. know, the real numpties yeah. can hold the government to ransom yeah. because they will say unless it's X, Y, Z. Whereas if she has a bigger majority and the EU says hundred billion is the exit bill, um, compromise solution is fifty billion, that's easier to get through. No, Whereas yeah. at, under the under the current under the current um, numbers, that would be very very difficult because the hard the hard Brexiteers would insist on no, that. No, 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 I through. totally disagree. The only reason they got through the whole Article 50 process really easily through the House of Commons was because Labour just stood down. Yeah, just well that's, yeah but that's who, been, who, who in positive who the Conservatives rebelled? It was just <clears throat> Ken Clark won. On the, on the pure Article 50, but I think on the EU citizens there was about 10 to 12 of them. 
Well, it has, and a, they it has been mentioned that the House of Lords is another reason to no, but call the election no, no, a majority. No, you, have to, you have to draw the line somewhere, Stephen. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't be what, advocating using the House of Lords to back up the values of democracy. No, I'm saying that... No, 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 no. I'm saying like the, another reason to call the election have um, the chance to get this vast majority is to essentially usurp any power that the House of Lords might have, or leverage they might have had over. Oh, another bullshit reason that she came up with, you mean? No, what you're believing. No, like I think conspiracy theory. I think it's difficult if if the the country as a whole votes for a referendum. It's very difficult not to progress on the basis of that. So, uh uh-huh, But the form of Brexit wasn't. I know. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, <laughs> electoral <laughs> terms. It wasn't. I don't like legally binding. So we've established so far that um, Kenny, in the absence of a neoliberal candidate, will be, <laughs> will be voting for the Tories. In the absence of Dick Cheney. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm actually going, I'm voting Liberal Democrat. You're voting Liberal, Democrat. voting Liberal Democrat. It's not going to make a difference <clears throat> in my Glaswegian constituency. But, <laughs> but, you're, but you're looking forward to a Tory majority. I'm not looking forward to a Tory majority. I'm anticipating a Tory majority. Um... And I'd, be, I'd probably be more concerned. I'd be more <laughs> concerned if Corbyn was PM. Anyway, anyway, we digress. We digress. James, you're uh, you're sticking to your old school values and voting yeah. for Corbyn and pals. Yep. Uh, I'll be voting for the best place non-Brexiteer candidate in my constituency. <laughs> Who is? Probably the SNP candidate. I've not checked to be honest. The SNP candidate in my constituency. Stephen, have you decided? Have you made up your mind? Um, no, but I'm going to probably vote. swaying towards Lib Dems at the moment. But I, I think. My my constituency is an early, interesting one because it's one of the SNP candidates who's not allowed to restand, as it were. So I'm kind of oh, keen yeah. to understand the personalities of those involved before I decide. Good, That's good. True. We're going for the person, not the party. Exactly. Well, we'll see how it progresses. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll be back <laughs> in, in your ears before the the next. Uh, well, we should actually say the council elections are tomorrow. Yeah. Not that NMD really cares. We'll come on to that <laughs> later. We'll come on to that. We'll later. come on to that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, in the meantime, we'll move to Kenny's quote. Okay. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Neil. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. So for for this week, I've gone with um, Paul Nuttles, our our friend Paul Nuttle. Who's <laughs> what, what does it take to be a friend of the podcast? I don't know, but bias, he's bias from. Cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps me. Yeah. Yeah. So fresh from curing cancer and scoring goals in <laughs> World Cup finals, um, Paul Nutto, without irony, it has to be said, said his party's policies were way ahead of their time and compared himself to Gandhi. <laughs> Unbelievably. So he actually said his party's policies were way ahead of their time, which is... Slightly ironic, considering they're from the kind of Neolithic <laughs> well, they, era. They call Brexit. So you're now... It's, it's pretty scary. Very uh, no. future. It's like someone in a fucking X-Men film. Or yeah, so the, the problem for Paul Nuttall and, and UKIP is obviously that the Tories are now so far <laughs> to the right that he's actually having to like read Mein Kampf to come up with, <laughs> to come up with policy. So anyway, so how did he compare himself to Gandhi? So what did he say? Did he say, one, it's a bit like the Gandhi thing. First they laugh at you, then they attack you, and then you win. Did he say, two, as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Or is it three? (laughs) I can identify with Gandhi. I like wearing sandals and I drink and talk a load of pish. (laughs) 
Uh, we can rule out three, I think. Yeah, we can yeah. agree, we're yes. Back, we're back sure. to the good old Kenny's quote. Um, so, the first one sounded the most inarticulate, so I think I would vote for that. Um, can you repeat the first what one? I'll, I'll, read, I'll read the first two again, probably leave three. <laughs> <laughs> so one, it's a bit like the Gandhi thing. First they laugh at you, then they attack you, and then you win. And Or was it two, as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. I'm definitely voting one. Yeah, me too. One. Yeah, you've all, you've all called it correctly. So in reference to his um, extremist policies in, in the UKIP manifesto, he basically was saying that they will become normal policies in kind of 10 or 15 years' time. Obviously not at the moment because the UKIPs are not going to get elected. But Do we think they'll win a seat? No, of course not. No. Uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I, I think maybe in, in my... Um, venting which was the first five minutes of the podcast I think we've maybe sort of there's still there's still a month to go here a lot can happen yeah mm. as far as the UK bets, I mean, on the, the previous the manifestos podcast, aren't even launched yet yeah. I don't know on the previous podcast we talked I think we did one where it was just after the Tory um, conference and we said about how it had become like a UKIP Tory conference or UKIP conference whatever with some of the policies and the, the verbiage mm-hmm. but if you think about the timeline they've done they've basically totally you know, cornered UKIP, so hijacked their votes. So UKIP votes are going to Tory on the basis of three well, percent nationalist policy. Three percent swing from <clears throat> UKIP to the Tories since the st- the election was yeah. called. So, so that you know, if you in a strategic political politicking terms, you know, they've totally hijacked that section of the vote. They've gone through these few months with various sort of Brexit, whatever protestations or statements, whatever it would be. They've kind of cornered the SNP on their independence referendum, although the SNP have basically now guaranteed that there will be a referendum at some point. And now they've called an early election. I mean, from pure from pure politics, it's pretty... I have some admiration for how they've managed to pull this off in the last few months, the Tory party. I think Sturgeon has maybe jumped the gun too quickly with the... Not I so, don't know. I'm not so sure because Sturgeon the, the Scottish Parliament has, like, and this will matter in the future, not now, I don't think, but in years to come, the Scottish Parliament has voted... To, for another Scottish independence referendum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That matters. Definitely. I do, I, not I, right I, now, I agree. but that is and a the, democratic mandate. And the response from the Prime Minister was, not now. It was not, yeah. never. It was not now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it was post-Brexit. You know, so we'll they see. essentially have guaranteed it. <coughs> but I suppose the problem is that, yeah, what it allows the Tories to do in Scotland, which I think will mean they will increase the number, the number of seats they have, possibly by as much as up to 10 as it allows them to say we are the mm-hmm. you know, yeah. rather than yeah. arguing about Brexit and other things it's totally, totally. campaigning on it's no to a second independence completely. referendum which Tories polls now, show quite a lot of people a lot of people don't want yeah. another right? there's sick to death of referendums the Tories have just owned the unionist side of the coin in Scotland yeah now. I mean Labour are pretty much dead in Scotland now for the foreseeable if we wait a year and a half then that democratic mandate of the parliament will be a generation ago so it'll be fine they'll have to call it another <laughs> Good one. Very good, James. Very Is good. Is that a joke about life expectancy in the certain parts of Glasgow? <laughs> anyway, enough of that. It's time for a blast from the past with James. Yes, so this week um, we talked about the very important local elections. I'm sure you agree, Neil. <laughs> yes. Um, coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, so, with that in mind, and on TV recently, you might have noticed the party political broadcast being on. So for this week's Blast from the Past, we're delving into that. They started in 1924, with the first ones on TV in 1951. 
What this means is basically that you cannot advertise on TV or radio per the Communications Act 2003. So we avoid all the American-style campaign ads and attack ads and we're restricted to just before the one show every so often <laughs> if you happen to be in. So with this in mind, what I did was I sent the gang each uh, party election broadcast from each of the parties. I left out the Greens because that's fashionable to do these days. <laughs> so we're just covering the main parties. Um, and what I've, I've asked them three questions. So they're going to watch. They watch the video, and I've asked them to summarise the plot of the broadcast in thirty seconds. I've asked them to describe in three words what the key message of the broadcast was, so you don't have to watch it. <laughs> and lastly, I've asked them what would they change to make it better. So, to start off with, we'll go with Kenny, who watched the SNP party political broadcast. So, tell us the story behind it. It was a, it was a weird one, to be perfectly honest, because for a three-minute broadcast, so a three-minute party political broadcast, the SNP were barely mentioned. So basically the story, it was followed this patronising woman who told you all the different things that councils do. It wasn't so, the better together woman, though. No? It wasn't the better <coughs> no. together woman. It was a different actress. Um, different patronising actress. Different patronising actress. Uh, and so she basically just went through everything councils do and didn't mention the SNP until about sort of two and a half minutes in. So I found it. It was it was it was weird. I mean, it was so it was highly educational. <laughs> so what do councils do? You haven't told us. Sorry. What do councils do then? Everything you can think of. So you know, gyms. They do roads. They do schools. They do hospitals. Everything. It was all the things was, that are roaring successes in Scotland. Then. Yeah, it was. It was basically one of those sort of educational films you watch it when you're at school. So, so it was bizarre. You- so if you were to describe the key message in three words, what would it be? I think it would be, voters are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which I agree with. Yeah. I think the SNP have obviously realised looking at referendum results. <laughs> they listening to you on this podcast. Yeah, listening to me on this podcast. <laughs> and election results that voters are thick as shit. And they don't understand anything. So if you, dis- if you tell them what, ca- what councils do, and then at the end you say, and in this election you put one beside the SNP candidate and two beside the SNP candidate, they'll actually generally think that, all right, so that's the only thing you can do is you go in and you can only put one and two beside the SNP candidate. That's not a party political broadcast. That's just how you vote. Do you you think they were playing up the importance of the council elections before hitting you with the vote SNP? Or do you think they were intentionally not mentioning SNP throughout? I've, 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 I don't know what they were playing. I thought it was a weird one. <laughs> so, what would you change to make it better? I would probably. Be, I mean, let's be honest. Not many people probably enjoy watching <laughs> party <laughs> political broadcasts. That's why I asked you guys to do it. <laughs> half of our so listeners. Was, <laughs> minutes, I'll never get back. Um, so, considering most people probably change the channel within about sort of ten or fifteen <laughs> seconds, they probably should have mentioned something about SNP councils are fucking brilliant. Vote SNP at the start. This is what we do. These gyms and hospitals and stuff like that. Probably should have said, um, can you hear that sound? And it's the (laughs) shredders in Glasgow City (laughs) (laughs) Chambers. Very good, very good. Okay, so Stephen, talking of Labour, so you had one, summarise the plot for me. Yeah, so I watched the Scottish Labour Council election broadcast. Um, Unlike Kenny's, Labour, the Scottish Labour uh, broadcast seemed to forget it was anything to do with a council election <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. 
um, Venezuelan it, socialism. Pretty, <laughs> to me, it seemed pretty much fixated on independence, lo and behold. Um, so basically, to summarise, so it was a series of young people, um, apparently you know millennials, if you want to coin a phrase, and presumably no voters, basically saying they never ever want to think about splitting up ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like their boyfriend or girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. So that was so that's fine. But then it took a, took a weird turn because it seemed to to my to my mind to be saying that the reasons that Scotland should never ever split up are basically things from at least 20 years ago, which were UK labour policies. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Minimum wage? Or? Minimum wage, smoking the, the advent of the NHS. Fucking like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Anyway, uh, any, uh, that and the minimum wage, yeah, a couple of things. So that was basically it. Um, yeah. So how would you describe it in three words? Um, no divisions, please. <laughs> oh, okay. And what would you do to make it better? Well, the, the bit I did enjoy was at the very end, Kizzy Dugdale walking along Portobello Beach. And the, like it was like five o'clock in the morning. It looked fucking beautiful. I'd have more of that, please. You know. <laughs> you want more Kezia Dunkley? No, no, more, beach more, rocks. more Porty Beach, please. Yeah. Okay, more Portobello Beach. Yeah. Right. I did have a couple of thoughts on this. One thing. Okay. One thing I did think was funny. Actually, um, they had this this young girl on it who said essentially that because of politics in the last two years, she can no longer have a conversation with her family without them all falling out. To which my mind immediately went, you're so naive to think politics is the only reason why you ever fall out with your family. (laughs) (laughs) Very true, very true. So on a similar note, I had the Scottish Conservatives. So to describe mine in 30 seconds, mine was a Ruth Davidson sandwich, so we had her at the intro and the conclusion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's three people in it. And I presume that these were the faces of the silent majority, or the only people willing to show their face <laughs> on a Tory election ad, who then, much like yours, explained how sick we all are of hearing about independence, yet for the next three minutes said the word independence and referendum as many times as they could. Tourette's. Also mentioning Labour and how they would be okay, and Corbyn would be okay with a referendum. So they had headlines from the Daily Express and such things on it. So, yeah, very similar. Um, I thought the, the, the sound quality in it was poor, but that's a minor point. Um, in terms of three... Slightly ironic. <laughs> slightly ironic on this podcast. Uh, if I was to just, so if I was to describe it in three words, it would be who mentioned independence, question mark, would be what it was all about, and... To make it better, I I think I would just have to mention independence right from the start. I mean, they did drop in local. They did mention the word local. <laughs> I, I honestly, so, genuinely don't think Labour one even but, mentioned council or, or but, lo, lo, anything local. So, but I think this is really telling that both Labour and the Tories are mentioning non-local issues. Yeah. The SNP <laughs> can't mention more local issues. So then on to the Lib Dems. So, Neil, can you summarise the plot of the Lib Dem party election <clears throat> broadcast? Uh, yep. So we were treated to a diagonal shot of Willie Rennie, who... What's a diagonal <laughs> shot? <laughs> well, he was staring blankly at a place just past my right shoulder <laughs> as, I, as I watched. So he wasn't, like, sitting at an angle? <laughs> yeah. Um, He's clearly up to his dose of diazepam, um, <laughs> and he's speaking very, very slowly. I assume for the benefit of the baby boomers who he's trying to. <laughs> I'm, he, he was very confused, was Willie. 
there, there's two elections coming up and he seemed to misinterpret what each was about. So apparently <laughs> we're voting for your Lib Dem councillor to improve the health services in Belgium. <laughs> uh, or words to that effect. Uh-huh. His main message was um, we want to unite and bring us together. And he was saying that ad nauseum. Um, it, it was very usual Lib Dem pish, to be honest. Did he talk the whole way through or was there anyone else in it? No, no, it was, uh, we panned away from Willie Rennie at times to give us clips of like just a child walking along the street kind of thing. Um, That was it. That was, that was it? Yeah. Okay. So in three words, how do you describe it? Um, I'm Willie Rennie. (laughs) (laughs) That was it, really. (laughs) And um, what would you do to make that better? Um, I would lower the dose of diazepam um, next time Willie Rennie does a party so political So you isn't a natural in front of the, the TV? No, I mean, seriously, stop being so patronising. It was, it was, it was, I burst out laughing the first, within seconds of watching it, honestly. Yeah. So what you're saying is less, less Willie? Yeah, less Willie. <laughs> cool. Um, Can I interject with a very slightly serious point? This, this watching this Labour one, and mm-hmm. I think that's probably the same... The whole thing seems to be, you know, no more politics, please. You know, we've we've had enough. In um, division, yeah. Yeah, and no more division. We don't want to follow it with people anymore. Do you know what I actually do genuinely think? Fuck that. Scotland, the Scottish populace has to be one of the most articulate, educated, you know, politically mindful populaces of any modern, like, you know, Western country. Fuck it, man. More politics, please. Uh, it's brilliant. Politically educated, yes. Um Articulate, <laughs> articulate. Um, okay, you get the gist. I agree with most of you it. Get the gist of what I, I get the gist. And I get the gist. And back I agree to with the three responses we've made is, as you say, no more patronising. Please talk fucking serious to us. Be a, talk, treat us like adults. If we if we think we're are a you know an intelligent populace, treat us like fucking adults. We understand the decisions that have to be made. It's not patronising us. Good point. So if you listen to this before the election, the local elections, go out and vote. I think that's the message. But on that, we'll go back to Neil. Yeah, thank you. And that's just about all from the Gang of Four for this election cycle. Uh, you can download us on iTunes, on Player FM, on iTunes, um, Android, I might have said iPlayer, and we're not on BBC iPlayer yet, <laughs> <laughs> but one day, or SoundCloud. Uh, please do look for us on Twitter at Gang of Four Podcast or words to that effect. Yeah, Gang of Four um, Podcast and Facebook. We're on Facebook and we'll be and please leave us comments and iTunes reviews would be nice and yep. stuff like that. If we like, we like the word strong and the word stable. Yes, and we'll see you before the next election. So thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye, Kenny. Goodbye. Goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye, Neil. Goodbye, James. Goodbye. Goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>